Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Marianne Kalahana, VP of Marketing at Data Conversion Laboratory, or DCL. Marianne, it's great to have you on the show. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about DCL. DCL helps businesses with digital transformation. And that's sort of a loaded word and means different things to different organizations. But digital transformation indeed comes in many flavors. So we help organizations convert content from a print base to digital. We also help them structure content if it is digital, say a PDF. We help them bring that into an intelligent format such as XML. And then we do other things. We help create training sets that organizations can use with their own AI initiatives. Anything regarding getting content in a certain format, that's what we do. We like to say our mission is to structure the world's content. Okay, which is something that most businesses would would, could find value in for sure. Tell us about tell tell us tell us about who who's your audience? Who are you marketing to? Because it sounds like that could be literally any business. But how do you conceive of that? Who are you trying to to engage with? It could be any business. Traditionally, historically, in the past, that's meant content-centric, content-heavy organizations, people for whom content is their greatest asset. So you could think publishers, some government agencies, libraries. However, now, you know, the world's become digital. Now, things like increasing regulatory demands or, you know, getting content to different platforms, the interchange of content across systems, including artificial intelligence. It really could be any organization that needs help. We like to say making their content smarter. And that means making it to people and machines. It's all about improving discoverability and the flow of that information. Yeah, absolutely. And right back in the olden times, I guess, however far back that is, certain companies probably were were more content intensive like the ones you mentioned. But these days, arguably, any business relies heavily on content just because of the internet, right? Because of Google search and other searches. If you want to be found, if you want to do, just to do marketing, you have to have, you know, don't, it's not just having content, but constantly having new content and the right kind of content and so on. So are yeah. there, so, so how do you narrow that? Because, I mean, you can't market to literally every business. How do you decide how to narrow and target your messaging? Well, We do what we do best, and that is this structured format called XML, which stands for Extensible Markup Language. And there are different flavors of that XML, depending on your industry. So we really sort of focus to those markets that understand what XML is, understand the benefits of XML, and know that they have a specific target format. where they want to go, you know, for like pharma and life sciences, there's a flavor called SPL, structured product labeling. That's for any pharma packaging has to submit that drug regulatory information to the FDA and the FDA needs it in a specific format. That's where we would come in. Technical manuals, whether you read them online 
or, you know, on your mobile phone and you just want to quickly look up, how do I, you know, put this piece of furniture together? That's a sp- typically a specific flavor of XML called DITA. So it's a complicated technology offering that we do and for which we're experts. So we, you know, work primarily with the people who understand that. However, we're always trying to educate other markets about the mm. power of, you know, this way of marking up their content. Got it. So within a given vertical, within a given company, who specifically are you trying to talk to? Who are the decision makers that ultimately you need to have conversations with? That is really dependent on the industry. It's different people across industries. So in, let's say, life sciences or pharma, we might look at someone with, you know, strategy in their title, because they're trying to think of, you know, strategic people try to think of, you know, how can we save money? How can we make more money? How can we streamline workflows? And those are really sort of the benefits of the outcomes of Mm. what we do. Those are the benefits that our customers receive. In the publishing market, we might go to, you know, a director of production because those are the people who are working with the content that need to do those same things, streamline workflows, create new derivative products, you know, make more revenue. So again, it really just depends. And, you know, pre-COVID, we were very active at conferences and trade shows, Mm -hmm. and we could really speak with people, understand, you know, what they do, what their role is, you know, the hierarchy in an organization to kind of, you know, find that right person. Okay, got it. So let's say, let's take a specific example. Let's say the world of publishing. What do you find are the biggest challenges in terms of having conversations with the people you want to talk to, especially given that still in COVID or in the post-COVID age when it's going to be more of a probably a hybrid situation in terms of conferences and stuff. What are what are the, the, the biggest challenges in getting through these folks and developing relationships with them? Well, some of the biggest challenges are, are helping them. So you, typically once we're engaged with a prospect, they understand the value but then how do they demonstrate that value to you know the executives or the decision makers in their organization so we we try to support our customers with that because you know if things are working fine you know why spend money to do something a new way well because you need to plan for the future and because you can gain efficiencies that might not make money initially that will save you money. And, you know, over a couple of years, you might, you will start to see a return in your investment. So I think, you know, helping, helping our customers explain to their executive team why, why this is important is, is definitely a challenge. We often run into people who have tech teams who say, you know, we're just going to do it ourselves. We've got Mm-hmm. Strong IT department, we've got great developers, and, and that's great. However, we also have an offering called QA validation, quality assurance validation. 
And it's really spun off because we help people who've done it themselves or have Mm -hmm. maybe a low cost offshore vendor do something. And it's just pretty much, you know, straight conversion, no real kind of digging into the, the business reasons for it. And so our QA validation service sort of helps those who have tried to do it their own or gone sort of another. And that has demonstrated to us that, you know, when you need something, you you go to a professional, like I could change my own oil. I'm sure I could in my car, I could do a YouTube video. I could probably do Mm. it. It's going to make a mess and it would take (laughs) a lot long, longer. So, you know, that's a little bit of a parallel, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So it sounds like a lot of what you need to accomplish in discussions, interactions with the folks that you're talking to is enabling them to make a strong business case to their decision makers, to the folks that they report up to. So, so what are your strategies for doing this? So how do you, how do you do that? And what have you found over time are the most effective ways of doing that? Well, DCL's had a longstanding learning series uh, program. It's a series of webinars that we host or maybe a free half-day seminar around some of these complicated topics. And we firmly do not make our webinars or seminars a sales pitch, but rather we structure them and develop the content for them as an education tool for our prospects and customers. So a lot of case studies, we get a lot of our own success stories and have our customers speak to projects they've done and really try to frame what we're talking about to reveal the positive business drivers that organizations can can achieve. Okay. So, so that makes sense. Yeah, no, sure. So it sounds like webinars have been a valuable resource for you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also, you know, I'll say today, you know, there's so much content, there's so much everywhere, right? Yeah. So of course we do our typical marketing, our email marketing and our webinar promotions and all of that, but it's also really important to be at the end of that search. So, you know, inbound marketing, SEO is really yeah. critical. You can push out as much as you want. But for a complicated technology sale, at the end of the day, a customer is going to do their project on their timeline, and we need to be at the end of that search. We need our own content structured the right way to be at the end of that search when they search for data conversion services, XML conversion services. I need my company to be in those search results. So I do work really hard on SEO and continuously providing new content on my own website that helps facilitate being at the end of that search. Okay, right. Makes sense. SEO is usually pretty crucial, a pretty crucial part of any marketing strategy, right? Now, I have a follow-up question to what we were talking about before about who you're trying to talk to. So given that part of the challenge is that you're engaging with folks that then need to make a business case internally to the decision maker, is is there a reason that you don't go directly to the decision maker and sort of cut out the middleman? 
Well, and sometimes we do, for sure. Um, but sometimes you work with organizations that have a procurement department and, you know, where we respond to an RFP. So mm -hmm, sure. those are examples of when, you know, you have to help your contact who is, who is the spokesperson internally, who will then present it to a larger team. Okay. And are you guys largely dealing with RFPs? Is that, is that how you get business mostly? It's really a blend. It's, okay. it's absolutely a blend. We do respond to RFPs. We, we have a big partner program. We work with partners together. Okay. So, so when so you're, it's, it's a mix. Okay. So when you are trying to get directly to the decision maker, what's the strategy there? Or how do you do that? You know, we still we still believe in establishing relationships. This past year and a half, we've really had to you know transition to this virtual world and virtual yeah. meetings. You know, pre COVID, it was it was really great, and I won't say simple, but it was pretty standard that we would go to a conference yeah. and and we and we get engaged. We would make sure to have a speaking spot if applicable, if accepted at, a, at an event and uh, talk to people, the good old fashioned talking to people mm -hmm. and shaking hands. You know, today I will say I found LinkedIn groups because you can really find your niche LinkedIn group. I've been able to engage that way. Social media is great to try to have, you know, a one-on-one. -on -one. So uh, there's never one magic button. I, sure. wish, I wish there were, but it's really just, you know, it's an array of tactics that one needs to, needs, needs to do. Right. I mean, you know, if there was a magic button, you might be out of a job. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And anyone in marketing just boop. Oh, Hey, we exactly. solved all our problems. Yeah. So, right. okay. So Marianne, final thoughts. So based on your experience in marketing, what's something that your colleagues in different industries, different companies can do to start improving how they engage with their prospects? You know, I look at a lot of technology companies and you've probably been there where, you, where you've gone to someone's website, a company's website, and you read it and you know all the individual words, but they're strung together and you're like, I, I don't understand this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I have a little acronym that I always think of and I always keep it top of mind when I'm writing something, when I'm developing content, when I'm working on a webinar, and it's W-I-I-F-N, what's in it for me. So technology is fascinating. We've really become enamored with our own technology. People do really cool things and you want to talk about it. But you know, when I shift and put myself in that prospect or customer seat, I don't really care. I want to know what it's going to do for me and my problem. So I always try to, you know, maybe I'll write something, then walk away and then come back at it and, you know, put my customer hat on and does it make sense? Does it demonstrate the value to my customer? So, you know, I always try to reframe it and speak to the customer. And I really think marketers need to stop using stupid marketing key words and, you know, it, marketers can get over the top with some of these, some of their marketing words and mm -hmm. they might be fine at the beginning and then they're just overused and people end up hating them. So I think plain, simple language 
and uh, think about the customer first. And I always say, and, or whenever I get copy, kill your adjectives, mm. get rid of them. <laughs> Excellent advice, right? All that stuff is, makes perfect sense. It even is kind of common sense. And yet it's hard to do somehow. It's easy to get away from those basics, right? So always great to keep them front and center. Well, Marianne, thank you so much for a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed it. Jeremy, thank you. It was nice speaking with you today. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.